Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. My name is Mark Striegel. I am so glad you could join us for this episode. What we are doing on this episode is I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes just off the cuff here and then we're going to get into episode 10 of Metal Raps. Metal Raps is one of my other podcasts. I do do some other podcasts besides Talking Metal, although Talking Metal is my my main first and foremost podcast, but Metal Raps is a show I do with Mitch Joel who also has a couple other podcasts, including Six Pixels of Separation, which is a a marketing and communication type podcast. Uh, Mitch is kind of an internet marketing expert, and uh, he does a great talk show with the Six Pixels of Separation podcast, which you can subscribe to on on, uh, iTunes. And then he also does a great music podcast called Groove, which is the notreble.com podcast. And he recently spoke with Robert Trujillo of Metallica, which is a tremendous thing considering Metallica never talk with podcasts. At least as far as I know, they don't. Um, So there you go. Yeah, check it out. Groove, the notreble.com podcast with Mitch Joel who I do a show with, called Metal Raps. And then, of course, there's Mitch LaFon, who all you guys know. He is the host, former host of Three Sides of the Coin podcast. And he has his own show now, which I uh, am involved with, called One-on-One with Mitch LaFon. I sometimes co-host episodes with him. I was editing all of them together, but he, uh, he learned GarageBand and is doing it himself, which is actually great. We've been keeping Talking Metal going here. I need to redo the intros because, as we know, Eddie Trunk now is the number one hard rock and heavy metal podcast, and I believe Jamie Josta's show would probably qualify as number two. However, I I keep my eye on those charts, and we do sometimes end up back in that number one spot, which is, is just incredible considering, you know, we're not big name people, we don't have a big company behind us like Podcast One or any podcasting company, we're just 
doing this on our own, you know? So uh, cheers to you guys for supporting us. And when I say us, I don't even know who I'm talking about anymore because John, another reason I need to redo these in, in intros to the show is, uh, is, you know, barely on any of these shows anymore. I've tried to pull him back in. I know he did have some family stuff going on uh, that was pretty major and he was on tour with Ace as Ace's tour manager. He works for Ace as Ace's assistant, pers- you know, personal manager type guy too. Worked on the Ace book, worked on the Ace album. So, you, you know, I mean, he's, he's, and then he works at Gibson and then he has a full-time job at Nickelodeon. So I don't know. I kind of feel like if, if he wanted to do this show, he, he would be here doing it, but listen, this show doesn't pay, the other shows pay, and he's got some other exciting gigs going on, and I hope he does come back with us here at some point, but at the time being, uh, for the time being, it's just me, you know, and I love bringing in co-hosts. We had Chris from the Decibel Geek Show. We had Victor Ruiz from Mars Attacks. I really want to do more shows with Victor. I totally miss doing the shows with him and want to get back at that. Um, You know, we used to do them live, but now that I let go of the live 365 stream. We're not doing them live, but I think we can do them on Spreaker or something. I mean, other people are doing live shows on Spreaker. Why, why not? Why not do them there? I pay Spreaker fifty bucks a month. I should be able to do something with those people. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Right now, Talking Metal is just me. In in reality, on paper, it's still John and myself. But we'll see what happens to that. I have a major announcement which I hinted about on Facebook, which I'm going to announce in the very next episode, episode 515, which will feature special guest Rick Allen from Def Leppard. And yeah, it's a major announcement. And some of you people have guessed on Facebook and on Twitter. And no, Talking Metal is not coming back to Fuse. No, I didn't get a serious gig. Um... And those two things would probably be even more major than the actual announce, announcement I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention on 515. But for me personally, on a personal level, it is a big announcement. And yes, it does have something to do with metal and hard rock. And it does have something to do with television. So uh, you will hear all about that on episode 515. The only reason I'm not telling you right now is because I got to actually tip my my current employer off to it before um, I make an announcement. Not I, I don't think too many people who I currently work with listen to this show, especially my bosses, but um, I know, uh, I just, I, you know, you never know. You never know. You don't want people talking and, and rumors flying and, and whatnot. So, so hang tight for that. Big announcement, big, big deal to me. And it might be not a big deal to you guys at all, um, but uh, it's really a, a triumphant thing for me, and I can't wait to uh, to dive into it. So stay tuned for that and some clues there. All right, so on that note, I said I was going to talk for uh, 10 minutes. We're almost at 10 minutes. I want to remind you that Talking Metal is a part of the Talking Metal digital family, which includes podcasts like One on One with Mitch LaFon, Metal Raps, Mars Attacks, Talking Rock, which I don't do too often, but I'd love to. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we're going to keep going with the co-hosts on Talking Metal. Joey from Rock Strikes 10, I want to get him back too. 
So the co-hosts are, are fun, and I think it adds a an, an different element. And it would be great if John could come back for once a, once a month show or something, but who knows? We'll see about that. Oh, man. You know where I was just in Urban Outfitters? Do you guys know this store? A lot of you guys probably don't like it, but I actually like some of their clothes and stuff. But they just opened this new Urban Outfitters uh, in Midtown Manhattan on, like, 35th and Broadway. And the vinyl selection they have in there is outstanding. I mean, they had, like, off the beating path, like, Accept Records, uh, you know, Wendy O. Williams, Cinderella, Guns N' Roses, you know, um, Maiden, Triumph, all sorts of stuff. I was very impressed. I mean, not to mention stuff outside of James Brown, stuff outside of the metal, metal hard rock world. Testament was in there. Definitely check it out. I mean, uh, I'm so into vinyl right now. I mean, it's it's really the le- I've never let vinyl go ever since I was a kid. I always had, even in the '90s, had the turntable in my apartment and, and would occasionally buy vinyl. But I am back into it full fledged right now, picking up all sorts of cool stuff. I was just at a place out in Hoboken called Tunes and grabbed a bunch of great vinyl there. So me loving the vinyl right now. I just love the way it sounds. And, and it's fun. It's fun to sit down in front of the fire. I've got a fire going right now. Have a glass of wine, put on the vinyl, and, and listen to it. So there you go. Let's get into episode 10 of Metal Raps. This will be the last episode of Metal Raps you hear on this stream. At least I think it will be. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to episode number 10 of Metal Raps. As usual, we are joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how are you? I'm good, Mitch. How you doing? I'm great. And also with us is one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. Mitch. Yes, good day. How are you, sir? Surviving. So we chose a topic. There was a day in 1975, if you will recall, (laughs) that a glorious album was brought forth, a double album back when they did these sort of things called kiss alive yes uh for many that album uh changed their lives i mean look it set mitch on a course where he would eventually interview the person who created gene simmons cod piece so i mean he'll you know <laughs> mitch will interview anybody who's had any relation to kiss or something i don't know that's right pretty uh, much um, but the band announced this week that they are doing their Kiss Cruise with a, a K, not a C, of course. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this year, I got to say, guys, before we start, I, I laughed. But this year, they're going to be doing the entire Kiss Alive set in its entirety uh, on the Kiss Cruise in the, the sort of main area, which is the in, inside venue. And Now, the, why did I laugh? I'm a huge Kiss fan. I was in the Kiss Army. If you come to my office, you will see a 1978 Kiss Alive 2, like massive tin garbage can that I was given as a kid that I still have. I love Kiss. Um, I just thought it was funny. Like they're going to play an entire live album live in its entirety. And that, <laughs> that live album is like every greatest hit that they've always played live over the course of their crazy – I mean – Am I? Is it just sort of like a, 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 a sort of like a little kitschy thing they're doing here, uh, Mitch? Well, you know, listen, um, it's the uh, sixth anniversary celebration of the Kiss Alive '35 tour. That's really what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, it, it, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. They have played those same fifteen songs for forty years, and now they're going to play them again. 
in know, order. <laughs> in order. And of course, what made Kiss Alive magical was the Peter Chris drum solo and the Ace Fraley sound. So they're going to redo the whole thing without those two guys. I have no idea if they'll do the drum solo. I certainly hope not. And, you know, they're they're going against what the whole cruise was about. The whole cruise is about hearing songs like The Oath and Mainline and all these, the rarities. Now you're basically seeing the show that you would see at the Bell Center or at Madison Square Garden any year between 1975 and, nine, and 2014, but on water. It, it, <laughs> okay, but but let, let, let's not be, I mean, I'm the first one to be like the most sarcastic <laughs> and skeptical. My first thought when I saw the press release was, I wonder if they can fill stadiums now. I'm, I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, my GNR reference. But um, right. <laughs> first of all, Parasite and She, do they play those songs often? I don't even know. Yeah, they just played when I saw them in Vegas. Parasite was the fourth song they did. Or were they practicing for the cruise, Mark, or did they actually play the song <laughs> regularly? <laughs> no, they yeah they played it right. It's interesting. Okay. It was the fourth song in Ace's set too on his most recent uh, tour. Okay. So just she little, is she played yeah. often? Because I was trying to look at that at the at the track listing, and I was like, what songs haven't we seen a million times by them? And the only two that I could pull out was Parasite and She. That looked like they let me go. More. Well, yeah, listen, I guess, well, they, yeah. No, let, let me, me go. go is on every. They, they play. They they played it live, don't they? Let, let me go. Rock and roll has been in every yeah. set for the last fifteen years. Uh, Parasite was played each and every night, of course, on the uh, Alive Thirty Five tour. Okay, but has been in and out uh, recently. In the last five years, you'll you'll get it. And she on the uh, two thousand four tour was played almost every night, and then Spotty since then. But, I mean, these are not the rarities that people have been hoping for and waiting for. And uh, you listen. Mitch, did you have to Google that or did you know that? I know that. Oh, my God. That, you know, like, Mark, did you not think he Googled that? I thought he Googled that. I did not. I don't Google. know. Yeah. I did not. I swear to God, I did not. <laughs> no, Google I totally that. believe you. It's, you're an amazing resource. So the other thing, the only part when I read this press release that I thought could be super interesting is that they said they're going to wear the original clothes and stuff. And I thought, listen, if they can bring the guy out who did the, uh, you wanted the best at the beginning. And if they could make the set even look like, you know, the old sort of cabs and that sort of thing. And the old Peter Chris like drum, that might be like photographic slash video. Interesting. Am I crazy to think that that's the only thing they could do is make the actual performance look and feel like it's 1975. Well, they'd have to, mm. but by, by the way, um, you made fun of me interviewing the guy who did Gene's Cod piece. The guy who does the uh, You Wanted the Best is J.R. Smalling, and I just interviewed him last week. I, you see? <laughs> I can't. Fans of, fans of metal raps, I can't make this stuff up, <laughs> even when I try. But, he, yeah. but he's got a new book, The Original Kiss Crew, and it's got a lot of great stories, So, but, but that was another, re another thing. Oh, that's um, awesome story but mitch okay you you are i mean i consider myself a like i always say i'm a, i was a huge fan of kiss up until like gene started getting really weird with gene simmons family jewels and that then i sort of really I, i'm like okay i'm good i've had enough you are um you make playlists you're tweeting i'm if you you seeing this are you like this is like what are your thoughts on it i'm thinking if you're going to do this on the cruise, you've missed the point of why people go on that cruise. I, I think it's a bad idea. We had the Kiss Alive 35 six years ago, and I'll keep repeating it. We've been there. We've done that. You know, come up with a new concept, boys. What if they did it with Peter and Ace? 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, if they that they haven't done the Alive 35 tour was of course with Eric and Tommy. So if they did it with Peter and Ace, that to me would be okay. That's a new concept. Yeah, yeah, that would, that would be. Uh, I mean, or if they said, "Listen, we're going to do it without makeup and have Bruce come in and join us, and we'll be a five man band for 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 the cruise." Okay, but doing it with Eric and Tommy like they did it six years ago, it's. It's just not special, you know. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's retarded. It, it it almost feels like the residency was more special. Like I, it's so weird to me to say that, but when I saw all the stuff happening about the residency and then hearing you speak about it, Mark, it felt like something a little bit different in all of the general whatevers. Yeah, I mean, Kiss Alive is probably my favorite record of all me time. Too. Yeah. However, it just sounds like an easy way out for them. Uh, with this this cruise where you're going to have such diehards that are going to want to hear, you know, super obscure songs and would actually really enjoy that. You, you got to take the casual fan uh, argument off the table yes. and you you really need to to give them some some just real, you know, gems from from the vault, some stuff that you wouldn't ever, ever hear. I mean, that's what these people want want to hear. And uh that's not happening, obviously. Okay, but that's the main stage. Like I'm, I'm, I am guilty of spending countless nights going down the rabbit hole of YouTube, and I remember several nights being lost on these Kiss Cruise video clips. And they do a ton of that. They do these acoustic things and intimate, mm -hmm. and they do shows. They do electric shows without their makeup. I mean, they. It, it's not just one. They don't just play once. So. You know, maybe they feel like we're already satiating that sort of obscurism, and they make jokes when they don't know the words and stuff in those other sets. But maybe they feel like this is sort of like a somewhat creative way to keep playing the same songs that we're just going to play anyways. Yeah, I, I don't think so. You know what? <laughs> wow, Mitch, man, if Mitch isn't bullish on this, I'm like totally depressed. We even chose this as a topic. No, but he, he, here's <laughs> here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're not going to do this on the cruise. Uh, you know, uh, last year they put out this big press release and it was on all the websites. Kiss is making a movie and the fans reacted poorly to the producer, Alan Parker, they, to the poster, to the, the concept. And that has sort of vanished in a haze. And I mm. think the fans, the way the fans are reacting to this Kiss Alive cruise idea, I think by the time October rolls around, it won't be that. I think they'll quietly let it dissipate and disappear um, because every KISS show I've, I, I've listened to or every fan board, they've all said, this is really stupid, boys. You got to do better. And um, I, think, I think by October, we're not even having this discussion anymore. Mm -hmm. I think wow. they're trying to get some publicity to get uh, some non-fanatical KISS people on board of that cruise. But that, maybe that's my own little sort of conspiracy theory uh, in play. Um, Mark, big yes, week for yes. you. You, gra you nabbed an interview that actually I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. You've got Marty Friedman. Yeah, Marty called us or Skyped in, I guess, from Japan. And he was just a pleasure to talk to. He has a, a great new record out that i mean it's within the last year called inferno which has all sorts of special guests and just great great songs and it's not all instrumental either there's some there's some songs that have uh, vocals and it, he was just a lot of fun to talk to we spoke a lot about the inferno record and we spoke a lot about jason becker who i just 
finally posted my interview with him, uh, the old cacophony days. And of course, uh, we spoke a little bit about Megadeth, which was uh, interesting because I'd been told that he doesn't want to talk about Megadeth. But how can you not ask him at least one question about Megadeth, which I did. And he he gave me a, a pretty lengthy answer about you know, rejoining the van- band and he he would definitely be into that if, if it were to come up. But he said, don't hold your breath. And he also said something that I found kind of interesting that he's he's on real good terms with every member of the band. That's what he said. OK, so, well, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, did you poke and prod? Because I would have uh, like when was the last time you spoke to Dave, like that sort of stuff? Or did you not get into the nitty gritty details? I, I didn't ask that question. That would have been a good one. Um, I should be I your was, co-host on Talking Metal. <laughs> yeah, I, I was decided, a little I'm nervous. I'm metal raps. I'm coming over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime. Or co- co-host anytime. But um, yeah, I was a little nervous even asking the one Megadeth question that I did get in there since I knew he specifically his his PR person had mentioned he doesn't want to talk about Megadeth. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get that. Uh, I don't think he he told me the last time he spoke with with Dave, although maybe he did. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. But um, he uh, he said he's uh, he's he's on real good terms with all the members. I know he said that for sure. Um, and again, he said, don't hold your breath. The only reason all these rumors are swirling is because, you know, their guitar player recently left and drummer. Yeah. And drummer. Because, right. Yeah, because yeah. that would open it up to like 1990 rust in peace and Nick Menza, Marty Friedman. Right. And then suddenly I've got like, like a metal boner going. Cause like that to me was, you know, that album was just, blah. I could listen to that album and never tire. Yeah. That's, that's the lineup that most people consider the classic Megadeth. Uh, for me, me personally, my two favorite Megadeth albums are the are the two before that. I know. Uh, he sells and so far so good. So what? I know you're going there. Yeah. I was more of a newer guy. So like I'm sure like Mitch, I'm sure you are a Rust and Peace guy over a Peace Sells guy. Am I right? Yes. See, I knew that. See, anybody who has more of a propensity to the hair metal like I do and Mitch does, yep. they're going to go Rust and Peace over Peace Sells right. and they, without a doubt. Well, yeah, Rustin. I mean, great, great <laughs> records, nonetheless. I mean, they're 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 all they're all just amazing stuff. And I, I for one, would love to see Marty Friedman back in the Megadeth fold. So, what's his music like for those who don't know? Like, I the story I sort of know because it's sort of tangential to me. It was obviously Friedman, Becker, Cacophony, and Crazy Shredding, and then he joins Megadeth, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be intense. They're gonna be so heavy and like perfect now, and the you know that click track metal is gonna be awesome. He leaves. All I remember after that for me is the haze of being a fan is like a Japanese pop moving to Japan. Is yeah. he like into the metal again? Has he been for a long yes. time? I don't even know. Yeah, I, we we speak about that and and we there's all these rumors about what he is and who he, you know, who who he's become in Japan and we he we tried to clarify that that uh you know, he's a really really big star in in Japan. He does television shows like American Idol style shows. He he is on radio and I mean it's it sounds like he's a superstar and I, I actually said are you a superstar in Japan and he said well I would never use the word superstar however and then he went on to tell me everything that he does do he's a ses- session music uh, musician he gets recognized when he walks down the street I mean it sounds like he's a really really big deal in in Japan <laughs> meanwhile it's such a cliche it's such a yeah, cliche no, it to is. say that it is and how but, do we not know in the day and age of the internet like youtube how would we not know this like wouldn't we see videos of him being like simon cowell in japan 
Well, I think there are some videos. Of <laughs> are there? I mean, okay, they call them the, the, the Ryan you Seacrest of Japan. Yeah. Really? Oh, wow, that's yeah, crazy. I think so Rolling Stone this. referred to him as the Ryan Seacrest of Japan. Oh, that's wow. wild. Uh, so, yeah, big, big name in, in Japan. And, and I mean, is is I mean, you're an internet guy. Is Japan not quite as internet savvy as other countries? Is is that no? The case? They're the super connected. I mean, if anything, they've t- prototypically Asian countries have been way further ahead in technology advances, mobile communications than anyone. So, yeah, um, I recognize that. But I, I was reading something about podcasting and how they just haven't caught on in in Japan like they have in other no parts idea. of the world. Which maybe is because a lot of them are in English. You know, I don't, I don't so, know. Inferno, is it an English album? Is it a Japanese album? Is it a metal no, it's an Eng- album? It's an English record, and, and we spoke about this. See, this was the record that he he put out to to reach out to his global audience, something he hasn't done really in, in over a decade. So uh, anything that he's released in the last decade has been a Japanese-only release, and he signed with Prosthetic Records, and they not only put out this new record – that they're again pushing to the global audience, but they are re-releasing all his records from the last ten years, which have been only released in Japan. Oh man, so that's an, what an amazing story! It is interesting in the day and age of connectivity and the internet that like a guy like that basically for all mis- for for whatever reason in North America, I mean, really a, a total silence to us. Yeah, yeah, so fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, what, what's been happening on One on One, Mitch Lafon? Who else? You, what do you got coming up? Who's on? Wow, you know, I've got uh, Seether uh, coming up this week. Nice. And, uh, you know, John uh, Humphreys, the drummer for Seether, just such a great guy. And uh, he, he was on that Kiss tribute album I put together. And uh, we started talking about uh, his other band, the Nixons. And he went into this long detail about how they opened up for Kiss on the reunion tour at Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, great story for Kiss fans to hear. And of course, you know, Seether is one of these bands that when you have a conversation of what are the greatest bands around, the name doesn't come up often, but their album was Isolate and Medicate was number four on the Billboard this summer. They've had two top 10 singles since its release. Uh, they're on tour right now with Pop Roach. They're, they're, they're just doing great, uh, better than a lot of the classic 80s bands. You know, when was the last time Kiss was top 10? So good for Seether. See there, eh? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. You guys get to ask me who I've got on my new show because I have a new show now. That's right. Yeah, you have a, an all bass player show. It's all Listen, about the bass. About I the actually, bass. It is, and no I got trouble. a I got a great one that I just did for. Uh, it's called Groove the No Trouble Podcast. I I have Leland Sklar. Do you guys know who Leland Sklar is? A bass player. He's a bass player. You're great. Awesome. <laughs> Good answer. Show's done. Uh, so do you guys remember the Phil Collins videos with the bass player, long, long, crazy beard and the round glasses? Yes. I, I do remember, yeah. So that's Leland Sklar. He's also, I mean, he's very well known for playing with James Taylor for over 20 years. But in, in our world, he's done stuff like he played with Sammy Hagar. He actually did a whole yeah. bunch of stuff with Toto. This guy's done 27,000 songs. He's been on over 2,500 albums. And I'm not, I mean, he's done stuff with Steve Lukather and he's I mean, on and on and on, but like insane. So I'm, I'm. That's going to be coming out in probably in a couple months, actually, because we're doing the show like monthly only. Uh, but it was, man. You speak to a guy like that who's done like rock, pop, everything. It's wow. just, it's yeah. And the songs he's played on, it's insane. Like if you go and look, like his name is Leland Sklar. Just go and look at this guy's discography, and your jaw is going to hit the floor. So super excited about that. Before we cut out, I'd love to know what you guys are listening to and what's been catching your ear lately. Let's start off with you, Mark. 
What I've been listening to, well, I did get for Christmas on CD, actually, the the Lynch Mob uh, mm-hmm. new EP, which came out. And as always, George Lynch just, for me personally, always delivers real great, high-quality stuff. And uh, this one's no exception. I think um, the guy's playing for a guy who's now in his 60s just sounds great. And the songs are so well written that that's, you know, he's just, the guy puts out so much music and to me it's 90% of it is, is usually, you know, excellent. No, I totally agree. In fact, I got to tell you, 1992, the self-titled Lynch Mob album, uh, Robert Mason was the the featured vocalist on that one. And I had a chance to see those guys many times on that tour. I actually became friendly with him and the bass player Esposito. I can't remember his first name. Anthony. Anthony Esposito, yeah. And in fact, we just recently reconnected on Facebook too. And I always thought that Robert Mason was one of the most amazing vocalists. Of course, he went on to do uh, a Warren. Well, Warren now. But in between Warren and Lynch Mob. Come on, Mitch. You ready? I got this one. He, he, uh, Cry of Love. Cry of Love. Great right. band. And he was also uh, in Rat for a bit. And then eventually oh, they, they threw him out and they chose Jizzy Pearl. But he did Rat. And he also does the voice on a Disney show uh, about a band. Oh, wow. oh, I forget what the band. What that's, oh, see, Mitch blows me away now. I, say, I forget what that show is, but uh, my kids would watch that show all the time. And I'd go, you know, that's the singer of Warrant. And they'd, of course, go, who? But, but go back. <laughs> yeah. You know, now that you, you know, Mark, now that you spoke about Lynch Bob and listen to Tangled in the Web and Dream Until Tomorrow, killer right. songs. Um, in fact, they do a cover version of Queen's Tie Your Mother Down on that album. Great album, released in 1992, Primo, Primo Rock Metal. Cool. Um, Mitch, what have you been listening to? Ah, uh, you know what? I, I've gone to Norway. I got off my uh, <laughs> Swedish kick. What's going on? It's a world tour. <laughs> no, it's a world tour. It's, it's the Scandinavian tour. You know, uh, Wigwam's uh, old singer, Age Stent Nilsson, has a new band called Ammunition. Album's called Shanghai, and I just think it's absolutely fantastic. I've been spinning it for the last week, two weeks. Uh, track down all the bonus tracks that go with it. I, I'm just in love with the album. So, Age Stent, Sten Nilsson, Ammunition. So I got tra- I got trapped on YouTube. Foo Fighters did a uh, birthday bash for Dave Grohl uh, in the round, and they had all these people come up on stage, including David Lee Roth, who wow. did Panama um, and Ain't Talking About Love, mm-hmm. and that sent me to go start listening to uh, David Lee Roth solo stuff. And so I got I got trapped on Eat 'Em and Smile because I always thought that's one of the greatest shortest wow. albums of all time but if you awesome, want to go right. go check out some of these videos if you just sort of uh, do a little youtube search for it they had tenacious d it's like tenacious d food fighters and slash did the immigrant song yep. uh, wow. paul stanley of kiss was there yeah he uh, did uh, detroit rock city and do and you love me do you love me? I was going to say, come on, love me, but it's do you love me? Yeah. Um, so very, very cool. And that, that sort of got me on a whole. And by the way, once we're talking about stuff to check out, um, even though you, you, I know sometimes metalheads, your Foo Fighters, and all, he did a documentary for his last album, Sonic Highways, that mm-hmm. was on HBO. And every episode was an hour long documentary about the city, about the city they were recording. And if you like hard music, punk, metal, whatever, Check out this documentary. I mean, I I, I got yeah. I, I binge watched this bad boy over the holidays. It was unbelievable too. Great, great series. Amazing documentary. Yeah. I, I did think in the L.A. edition though they they just 
didn't really touch upon L.A. metal as much as they should have barely even mentioned it, actually. And and then they suddenly ended out in the desert with like the Caius <laughs> guys, like very far from L.A. So uh, that episode, I was uh, I only saw two episodes, but that episode, I was slightly disappointed. Well, in, uh, I think I it's because one. I think it's because the L.A. thing was the Pat smear. Right. And, and right. that. Whole yeah. Thing, the the germs thing. and yeah, stuff, and which I'm they, not is, is awesome. And I'm not saying that is yeah. important. I just felt like uh, I guess it's, you know, it's about the Foo Fighters and how the scenes relate to them in a way. Right. So, you know. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Mitch, we're going to say something? Yeah, I just said, uh, I saw one episode and it was the Nashville episode. So I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, see, I like that episode, <laughs> but you got to have a little bit of country in you to get through that yeah, one. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I don't. So I thought that was a bit tedious. And I was like, oh, figure it's the one episode I choose. It's the one that I would definitely not like. But hey. There you go. But uh, Dave Grohl, you got to uh, give it to him. He is the fan's fan. He loves music and he shows it and good on him, you know. Yeah, yeah and I will say about that show, Sonic Highways, the uh, producer of the show is a guy I used to work with at VH1 who has a band called Fireball Ministry. His name's uh, James Rhoda, the Reverend James Rhoda. Sure, Rota. that's a well-known band. That's very Yeah, yeah. yeah he's cool. the producer on that show. Oh, very, very cool. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, did not know that. Well, as always, guys, great chatting metal on, on Metal Raps number 10. My name is Mitch Joel. You can always find me at Mitch Joel or check out notreble.com. And you'll be able to find uh, the first episode of the podcast groove with Robert Trujillo from Metallica, which has been getting actually a lot of interesting press. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I suddenly find myself being a, a rock journalist again. Look at me. Nice. Uh, Mark, let people know where they can find you. Uh, well, TalkingMetal.com, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter. The Twitter handle is just simply Talking Metal. And I wanted to mention um, that we've been putting this podcast, Metal Raps, out over the one-on-one with Mitch LaFon stream and also the Talking Metal stream. However, after this episode, we are going to just make it um, exclusive to the Metal Rap stream. So if you're listening on Mitch's uh, feed or my feed, please go subscribe to Metal Raps on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. That's right. Your we've free grown, preview is over. We've grown up. We've got wings. We're going? That's right. You're kicking the bird out of the nest, Mark? <laughs> yes. Well, well it'll it be an sense. exclusive thing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It made sense. Uh, and, you know, you can find me at Mitch Lafon on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. It's one-on-one Mitch Lafon. There's There wasn't enough room to put the with in there. So there you go. Awesome. And we'll be back, as always, with Metal Raps number 11 super soon. Thanks, everyone.